Amen. Good morning, Five Stones Church. Welcome to our special service on Pentecost Sunday. Uh, we are super excited through the miracle of technology to have Mario and Janine sharing with us live from Jerusalem. And uh, it is approximately 10 hours ahead there in Jerusalem. It is 8.25 p.m. in the evening there in Jerusalem. The sun just set as Mario and Janine came on. The beautiful sun was just going down. So with that, I am going to uh, introduce Mario and Janine. Um, they are in their living room, uh, I believe, and actually in the upper room of their house. So fittingly, as we talk about Pentecost Sunday, um, they'll be sharing from there. We are so excited to have them there. Uh, they basically had a miracle entry into Jerusalem. As you know, Israel has been going through some very, very torturous times with all the shellings and rockets from the Gaza Strip and Hamas. So I've asked Mario and Janine to give an update on where their family is at, as well as um, anything that they would like to share, being there on the ground during this last two weeks um, of headline-making news. And then after that, Mario will share the uh, Pentecost message. So we're going to turn it over to them right now. So Mario and Janine, welcome to Vancouver via Zoom. Thank you. We wish we could be with you there in person, but I know you're not in person yourselves. So... <laughs> um, we really miss you all, first of all. It's been a long time since we've seen you in 2019. And we're just so thankful for you as a body. Uh, we cannot be here and we cannot be doing what we're doing without your support. And we're so grateful for that. So thank you. Um, some of you are new and don't really know us. So I'm just going to give you a quick update. We don't have a lot of time here. But you're well, more than welcome to contact us if you're lost who we are and what we're doing. We'd love to talk with you and connect with you. Um, so we came in December, right in a tiny window in between lockdowns. Mm -hmm. um, and that just was really the grace of God for us to get into the country. Um, I am a university student here and I'm studying nonprofit management and leadership. So I've been very excited to be able to study since October last year. So we moved right in the middle of my university studies. Um, since then, what we've been working on has been a lot of networking. So we lived here previously and we're reestablishing those connections. We're also growing more relationships. And then we've also been networking with a lot of nonprofit organization leaders here and getting to know a lot of the nonprofits here on the ground and seeing what they're doing in our city. We also have been doing a lot of interceding. We've also been working on language learning of just one of the local languages for the start. Um, we've also been, uh, for me, I've been attending university class. Uh, we've been doing a lot of assessment of the needs of the society here, understanding more of the culture. Uh, we also have been meeting a lot of university students and hearing from them. We also have been meeting with other locals, uh, engineers, uh, lawyers, all different kinds of people in the society to hear all different levels of what's been going on, especially with the COVID pandemic affecting a lot of people here. Just like you back in Vancouver, I'm sure there's a lot of things been going on with COVID. We also have been teaching. So Mario has been working with our kids, working with the local language. And then I've also been homeschooling our eldest. In addition to that, we're 
working on connecting with friends, family, church bodies, and partners, uh, people outside of our city, just to keep connecting them with what's been going on here and also hear their stories and how things have been going for them and praying for them as well. So uh, I would like to invite you once again, if you have any further questions about Israel or about what we're doing here or the Middle East, we'd be happy to talk with you and share with you what's been going on, hear your story and pray for you as well. Um, so one of the key verses for us is John 1.14, and it talks about Jesus Christ dwelling among people. And we hope that you are also able to dwell among the people that you're with, especially as you're all in your neighborhoods and you're with people around you. Maybe even during the lockdown time, you're stuck in your house. Dwell with the people that are, that are near you and help them wherever you are. I hope that God is continuing to use you to share the love with others around you. So now Mario is going to talk more about the current situation in Israel, and we look forward to seeing you again sometime. So, as everybody said, my name is Mario, Mario Bendesu. Bendesu, actually. Everybody pronounces it differently, so sometimes I don't know. So, Mario Bendesu. And um, we have been in Israel for the past, since December. Uh, every time that I talk to, to the locals, they, they will ask, so when do you arrive? How do you arrive? How do you get visas? And uh, the only thing that we can say is God brought us in the in the right time that He thought was convenient for us to come. So I will start with COVID. Uh, so of Israel has been vaccinated, and therefore basically everything is open. The schools are back. Um, uh, School are, are back, so uh, kids are going to school, university students are going to school, and um, uh, we don't need to use masks when we are outside. However, we, at least we, my family, I, we use masks when we are in autobus, in autobuses, because in the bus is just full of people. And so we try to be cautious in the way that um, uh, we move. <clears throat> So, and today was the first day where tourists can come to Israel. So today, the 23rd of May, uh, the airport is receiving anybody who, is, who has been vaccinated and they have to apply in groups, minimal five up to 30. And uh, now you can come. If you wish to come, you have to have been vaccinated. So that is with COVID, um, uh, the number of deaths have plummeted. The, the cases of sick people in the hospital have plummeted the same. All the COVID wins in the hospital have closed because they don't have patients. Okay, that is COVID. Now, um, we have have last week 11 days of constant bomb, uh, bombarding from Gaza, from Hamas. Uh, Hamas has been attacking the southern layer of Israel we only have uh, heard the siren once uh, here in Jerusalem. And if I'm not mistaken, seven rockets were launched to Jerusalem, but they were intercepted by the Iron, Iron Dome system. So it, it's a blessing, this, this Iron Dome, besides the extra iron, the extra layer of cat protection. But, and, 
God is uh, taking care of, of his people. Um, so three days ago, I think Friday, so the night of Saturday to, to Friday, uh, they had been a peace, a, a, a treaty, a, a ceasefire between the two. Um, Hamas launched the last rocket at two o'clock in the morning, I think. Anyway, so since then we haven't had any more rockets. However, Hamas, I want to make the difference. I'm trying to get too much in politics here, but uh, I want to make the difference between Arabs and Hamas. Hamas is a terrorist group who is trying to motivate the Arabs to don't have coexistence with the Jews and also the Christians or the other minority ethnicities that we are here. And so, and because for example, in the last election, we have two Arab parties who won about 16 seats. And that is a lot. That means that the Arab people have been integrating into the governmental system. So they, the, the Arabs have a, a voice here. And Hamas wants to create division. So, so that is what Hamas is to do. And because of that, in the cities, including Jerusalem, there have been a lot of confrontations having a lot of confrontations between Arabs and Jews. And for example, the Laksa Mosque, the, the, there have been a lot of fights in the Laksa Mosque. Um, however, everything has come. Right now, um, we, it is peaceful. It's peaceful and we try to be aware of the situation of where we are. At least in this part of town that where we live, we, we haven't had much incidents. Some incidents have been close by, but not to us. So we try to be wise, try to be at home before night. And uh, that is what is happening. Overall, you can see, you can feel the peace, but also you can see the, feel the tension between these two groups. Israeli Arabs and Israeli Jews because they're afraid because they are these little pockets of people who don't want peace. They don't want peace and, and, and that's the sad part. And uh, for sure, we know the only way that peace can come into this country is through Jesus and through the power of the Holy Spirit. So um, if you have more questions about the situation here in, in Israel, uh, you can uh, send me an email, contact uh, Pastor Rich, he has my information. Feel free to contact me and or we can chat or we can talk more about it. And um, that's it. Uh, there's another update about the situation here. No. So, praise the Lord. So, let's get back to business. Um, yeah. Oh. I saw a message saying that we live, yeah, we live across the whole city. So we can see the Laksa Mosque and we can see when they have the nice fights and fire fireworks and stuff like that. And those, those people are extremists anyway. So let us go back to, to our message or the, the reason that I have been invited to, to share about here. Today we celebrate Pentecost, Chavuot. And, uh, and, and this is a, one of my one of the feasts that I really like. I, I I love this this time because I can I can go back to the word of God and and see what God have done in His 
in, in, in his goal to reconnect with us. And, and this is um, one of my favorite scriptures. So before further ado, let me pray so that you can hear my voice and yes, and you can hear the voice of God and, 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 and God can be touching your heart. I, 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 I believe that this message is important because it will help anyone to have a fruitful, healthy Christian living. Okay, so let's pray. Father God, thank you, Lord, for today. Thank you, God, for this opportunity. Thank you, Lord, for technology. Thank you, Lord, that uh, we can uh, we can be in different places in the world, but we have something in common, you. So, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ, I ask you, Lord, that you can use, uh, use me, use my words, uh, so I can show through the scripture how much you care for us. Lord, help me to to say the right words. And Lord, I ask you, Lord, to do work in the heart of my brothers and sisters. Thank you, Lord, one more time. Just let me pray. Amen. Uh, it's, it's weird, sorry. You know, I come from Peru. In Peru, we have the amen, hallelujah, after a prayer or something like that. So it's kind of weird that I'm, I feel like I'm speaking to myself, but it's okay. Uh, so uh, I... I I need to post. Anyway, so today we talk about Shavuot, and my main scripture that I will use is the Book of Acts, uh, chapter two. Um, that is will be my main. Uh, we, I, I will talk a little about other passages in in other places, and um, so yeah. So let us talk about before we, we go into the scripture. I want to give you background of the whole situation, what is happening. So first of all, if, if I, I put here this slide saying the background information about Luke. Luke wrote the book of Luke and also the book of Acts. Um, the, the scholars doesn't don't know who this Theophilus is. Uh, some people is is maybe the church. Some people say he's a donor, a funder, a person who who fund the trips for Luke to do this investigation. But I like when we can I can read the book of Luke and the look of Acts, because there are two volumes. The, one is the continuation of the other. So Luke is, is a, uh, we, we know he's supposed to be like a physician at the time. He was a practical physician. And, and he went indeed, he asked questions. He present the whole life of Christ. And then he started talking about, about the Acts, you know, uh, the book of Acts, they call that Acts of the Apostles. I, I like the, the way that in Hebrew, in Hebrew is the acts or, or the do or the things that they do or the people who have been sent. And um, so, so, uh, so let's, let, before we go to chapter two, that is the main chapter that I will speak, let me go a little back in chapter one. So chapter one of the book of Acts tell us that Jesus was with the disciples for uh, the previous. Uh, uh, the, the, Jesus was with the disciples for forty days. Um, I, while I was I was writing, uh, uh, I was preparing this 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 message. I, I was I was thinking about forty days, forty days. Why did 
Jesus stayed 40 days with his disciples. If we if we see, if we read the whole gospel story, in some parts you can find or you can get to the to the conclusion that I think the disciples really they don't know who Jesus is. Some people thought there was a rabbi. Some people thought there was a good leader. Some people thought that was uh, the Messiah. But in some in some places, like they didn't know what is happening. So I was talking about the disciples. I think the disciples they didn't have a real clue. And for these forty days, they had been thinking about what happened. Get back to Acts 1. So we're back in Acts 1. I was trying to give you a background. So Jesus in, in Acts tell us that Jesus was for 40 days uh, with his disciples. For 40 days, he was telling them, telling them what um, the kingdom of God was about. So for, for these 40 days, uh, he gave commandments through the Holy Spirit to the apostles. He gave sufficient proof of himself that he was alive. Uh, he ordered them to stay in Jerusalem. Uh, as I was saying, I believe that in some point the disciples really they didn't know that Jesus was a son of God and therefore they need these 40 days with God, with, with Jesus, for him to explain what happened, why he have to die in the cross. Because even we say, we've seen a few passages in, like in Luke, they talk about that the, the apostles didn't really know what was going on or didn't understand what is what was happening. So for 40 days they were together and and Jesus commanded them to stay in Jerusalem. He, and Jesus, because Jesus promised the most important promise that we receive is but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be witness in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the Arab and the and the end of the earth. That was the promise. And they were in the upper room, just across from me, uh, next to the David Tom. <laughs> there is a there is a church, it's a crusader's church that is, is in honor of this place in the upper room. Uh, it's, a, it's a very nice place. Actually, is the picture the picture of my PowerPoint. That is the the church of the upper the upper room. So at the end of the chapter one, we see that Matthias replaced Judas Iscariot. So let's go to the book of Acts chapter two and start pretty clear. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. So as I will say before, they were in the upper room. Now let's talk about Pentecost. Um, and this is my experience. When I become a Christian, when I hear the word Pentecost, I only have one relationship and it's the Pentecostal church. And uh, <laughs> I didn't have more information uh, because of my background. So I, I want to explain a little more about where the word Pentecost come. Pentecost come, uh, come from the word 50, Penta, 50 is in Greek. And this is the same name that the Feast of Chabuot have, that is Pentecost. So, <clears throat> following a slide, I don't know if we are doing a slide still. And uh, uh, previous, no, next one. Yes, that one, perfect. 
So they said, uh, so we have three important festivals according to the to the tradition. I uh, the book in, in chapter two talks about that where a lot of people here in Jerusalem, and uh, I want to bring it up the reason why. So there are three particular feasts. The Feast of Pesach, Shavuot, and Sukkot. There are the three feasts that the Torah instructs in Exodus that every male have to come to Jerusalem. So all that uh, we can see in the life of Jesus, every time that Jesus came to, to Jerusalem, most, most times was because he came to one of these festivals. So Shavuot is, is, is uh, the Pentecost uh, in the Septuagint. Um, it called Pentecost. So anyway, and, uh, Pentecost is, is a feast that they bring the first fruit to the temple to sacrifice. Uh, destruction will be in Deuteronomy and Leviticus. Normally it's late May, late June. That is when, when Chavuot. Now, uh, so now every feast that we have, that the, the Jewish people celebrate, we can find Jesus in every feast, some way or another. So for example, during Pesach, we celebrate that the Israeli, Israelites came out from Egypt. So in, during Pesach, we, the Lord took the Israelites out of Egypt after nine plagues, the night before the, of, of the Exodus, the Lord told the Israelites to mark their doorpost with blood of the lamb sacrifice. So the angel of the Lord passed over the house of, of the Israelites in Egypt. So during Pesach, people celebrate this. Uh, and then 50 days later, or seven Shabbats plus one day, they celebrate Shavuot, the feast of the first fruits. Okay. Now, why Shavuot is important? Because according to tradition, Shavuot was the time when Moses received the Torah or the commandments. During Shavuot, according to the scripture, the Israelites have fled from Egypt, correct? They have been to Mount Sinai and Moses went up to the mountains for 40 days and stayed with the Lord. And he received the two tablets and, command, and the commandments. Everybody's waking up. Uh, they received the commandments. And this is a special day, Shavuot. And that is the reason why there were so many people. Let's go back to... Acts chapter chapter two. They said, and suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rush wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And the dividing tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each of them and rested in each of them. So during this day, they had been waiting as Jesus requested them. They have been stayed together in prayer, one heart. They already have been with Jesus for 40 days. They have seen that this was different, that he was the son of God and he, they obey. They stay and they 
And then suddenly, grand, a big, big sound. Like, like in Mons Sinai, uh, when that cloud came into the, into the mountain, the same way this heavenly sound came into this, this room rushing. And everybody started speaking in tongues. So chapter, sorry, verse four. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So the Bible said very, very, very specific that these people were speaking in tongues and the people were hearing. Verse five. Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And at this sound, the multitude came together and they were bewildered because each of one can hear them speak in their own language. God make this situation where the, this sound came so thunderously that everybody in the city saw that something was going on. And now we have people speaking in the language of the people who were here. Pause here. As, as, as I mentioned before, here in Jerusalem, while this was happening, there were people from all over the place. Why? Because uh, at that time, normally people will come for Pesach, and then they will stay for the 54, the 54 following days to celebrate Shavuot. Because some of the people come from Italy, came from other places, other regions. So kind of like, it's not like today, you know, today, you, uh, because it happened, and this is true, there are some people who come to Israel just for Pesach. So for seven days, they come, they celebrate, and they go home, and then they come back to celebrate Shavuot. Those people who can afford it, they do that. At that time, they didn't have this possibility. So these people have been in Jerusalem for about 50 days, celebrating Pesach and celebrating Shavuot. And these people are hearing these people speaking in their own language. And they asked themselves, and they were amazed and astonished, saying, are not all these who are speaking Galileans? How is it that we hear each of these in his native language. So I am, I, will, I went to, to try to make a research, I found a research information about what happened, why these people say, oh, these people are Galileans. And there's a possibility that they actually, in their garments, they have a special way of dressing. But also I, I found out that they have a different way to speak and they have a different accent. Um, normally here in Jerusalem at that time, People will speak Hebrew, Latin, and, and Latin here. But in the in the southern part, they will don't speak much the language. They, will not, they speak the natural language. And they were not schools of thoughts. And all the school of thoughts at that time were here in Jerusalem. So these people, they were like how we call in the in the US, in the South, like hillbillies, like people who perhaps dress a little inappropriate. Uh, maybe they have a long beard. They, they will speak with a specific accent or something like that. So they were, if you can see them, you can determine, oh, this guy, the way that he dressed, he's Galilean. So, and these people, they have this uh, fame 
or infamously, they were uh, people knew that they were not very uh, into language. They would not study new languages, neither what they would read. Um, so that's the reason that they said, are these, these people Galilean? But however, you know, the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 127 that God chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And, and that is the way that God uh, worked with us. So let's go back to verse 9. And then we continue about who were in Jerusalem during that time. At that time, there were Persians and Medes and Elamites. All these were part of old Persian Empire, what now we call it Iran. Also, they were residents of Mesopotamia, modern Iraq, Judea, so Israel, Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia, Figia, and Pamphylia. Those are modern Turkey, Egypt. Uh, parts of Libya belonged to Cyrene, and visitor from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabians. He, uh, we hear them telling in our tongues the mighty work of God. So about 14 different languages, about 14 different nationalities, about 14 different group of people that maybe they were they were Jews or uh, we said converts or proselytes that they can hear that this, this is happening. This is not normal. What is happening? Verse 12 says, and all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others mocking said, they are filled with new wine. Basically saying they were drunk. So now God presents this supernatural thing to catch the attention of everybody who are in their business. Now, I want to make, make highlight this, why I said during their business. When you come here to Israel, during the time of the fest, uh, festivities, you have a protocol to follow. You need to get the grains, you need to go to the priest, the priest will do the sacrifice. So there's a whole procedure of things. So the people were busy, okay? They were busy doing this, and suddenly they hear all these people speaking in their own language, and kind of like <gasps> a commotion happened. It's like, it makes them stop. And it's like, huh, something is going on. Now, Peter, Peter, that I believe during, during these 40 days, Jesus restored him. Remember, remember, if we see Peter just before the crucifixion, he denied Jesus three times, correct? I believe during this time that Jesus was here, first of all, he assured how much Jesus loved Peter and about his call. And, and, and we will, uh, that's the, the reason that I get to this conclusion because of the way that starting verse 14 is the way that he speaks. He speaks with boldness. Now he's not the guy who was impulsive, but he speaks in the right way. And, and he said things that they were not expected for, for people from Galilee to, to know. Um, as I said, it, let, let us put in this time. 
in that time when this happened, the seminaries were in Jerusalem. They were not in Galilee. It's true, they will read the Torah in Galilee, but they will don't know. And you see, we will see how God started using Peter and speaking from the word of God. Now, let me go back. Uh, okay, no, let, let's read verse 14. But Peter standing with 11, lift up his voice and address them, men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem. Let this be known to you and give ear to my words. For these people are not drunk, as you suppose, since it is not on, it's only the third hour, nine o'clock in the morning. But this is what was uttered through the prophet Joel. And in the last day, it should be God declares that I will pour out my spirit to all flesh and your sons and your daughters should prophesy and your young men should see visions and your old men should dream dreams. Even on my male servants and female servants in those days will pour out my spirit and they should prophesy and I will show wonder in heaven about the signs of the earth below. below blood and fire and vapor of, of smoke. The sun should be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the day. I think we lost Mario's connection altogether. So um, I'm sure he will try to log back on. Maybe I'll just make a few comments uh, to us while Mario is trying to reconnect with us. Uh, you can just keep the YouTube stream going here. I love how the fact that Mario is <clears throat> helping us to see that there are three key feasts in Jerusalem. And uh, he's given us the Hebrew words, which we're not probably familiar with in terms of what those feasts are. We think of Passover, we think of Pentecost, we think of Feasts of Tabernacles. And in the Hebrew, those three words are Pesach, Suvot, and Sukkot. And we're not going to be focusing on the last one, but obviously we're focusing on uh, Shavuot, which is the Pentecost Sunday that we are celebrating today. And Mario is bringing some pretty cool insight in terms of the parallel to key spiritual, um, key spiritual things that happen in the Old Testament and how they are in parallel with the New Testament and the significance of them. So one of the things that he brought out was just how Moses um, waited on Mount Sinai for 40 days to receive uh, the Ten Commandments. And according to Old Testament tradition, this is also the exact time that Pentecost was given. So we see that as God birthed a brand new church with Israel through Moses, so Pentecost represents the birth of the Christian church. And the way that God orchestrated this was um, pretty cool and pretty amazing. We also see that um, Pentecost refers to the Feast of Ingathering. That's the start of the harvest. And um, all the nations that were gathered there in Jerusalem, of course, represented that first fruit. And again, the Lord is so <clears throat> specific in how he orchestrates these events to just underscore spiritual truths for us. I loved how Mario just brought out the aspect of <clears throat> the Galileans, 
which was represented by the 12 disciples, those that were specifically selected by Jesus, came from the region of Galilee, which was an uneducated part, a place that was not known for culture. And yet here they were um, in the upper room. And then when the Holy Spirit fell on them and they spoke in tongues, they were also speaking in languages that could be understood by the nations. And so let's go back to Mario now. Hello. <laughs> I'm sorry, the internet sometimes it's funny. Anyway, we were in verse 12, 22. So it says, uh, Men of Israel, hear this word. Jesus Nazareth, a man attested to you by God with mighty works and wonders and signs that God did through him in your midst, as you yourself know. This Jesus delivered up according to be the definite plan and for knowledge of God. You and this is the part that I love more of this boldness of, of Peter. You crucify them and you kill them by the hands of the Lord's man. God raised him up, losing the pains of death because it was not possible for him to be held by it. Before we, we read the, the following verse, as I was trying to, I, I hope so, I was trying to get across this. People in that time, when they come to Pesach, that is the celebration of Passover, they will don't go back to, they, they don't go back to their home. More likely, they will stay in Jerusalem for the 50 more days so they can celebrate Shavuot. So there is a really high, 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 high possibility that the people who are listening to this message were those people who were saying, give us a Barabbas, Barabbas, give us a Barabbas. And these people were the people who accept the death of Christ among uh, when Pontius Pilate was trying to uh, give him away. So the reason that he, I believe Peter is accusing them directly is because he knew that these people, they were there. They didn't do nothing when Jesus was uh, accused to, to, be, to go to the, the cross. So he said, you crucify him and you kill him. Verse 25, for David said concerning him, I saw the Lord always before me, for he is the, the right hand that I might not be shaken. Therefore, my heart was glad and my tongue rejoiced by flesh. Also will dwell in hope, for you will not abandon my soul to Hades, to Hades or let your holy one see corruption. You have made known to me the past of life. You will make me full of gladness with your presence. So as, as, as I, want to, uh, I want to clarify, God, uh, Peter literally put the finger in the wound and confront them and said, you, you were the one who killed them. He continued, brothers, I may say to you with confidence about the patriarch David that he both died and was buried and his tongue is with us to, to this day, being therefore a prophet and knowing that God was sworn with the oath of, to him that he he will set on one of his descendants on his throne. He foresaw that spoken about the resurrection of the Christ, that he was not abandoned to Hades, nor did his flesh see corruption. This Jesus God raised up, and of that we all have witnessed, being therefore exalted in the right hand of God, and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he has poured out his this that you yourself are seeing, and hearing, for David did not ascend into heaven, but he himself says, 
the Lord said to my Lord, sit to my right hand until I make your enemies. So Peter is speaking this to them. Let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ. Christ is Messiah, or anointed one. This Jesus whom you crucified. And as I was mentioning, I believe at this point is when Peter put the finger in the wound. Yes, I remember. I, I remember that day when we decided that he go to, to the cross and die. Now, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, brother, what should we do? And then Peter in boldness says, Peter said to them, repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for the promises for you and your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God called for to himself. And with many other words, he bore witness. I continue to exhort them saying, save yourself from this crooked generation. So those who received his word were baptized. And they were added about 3,000 people that day. Wow. <laughs> we don't see this too often, sadly. Uh, people in this, uh, in this portion of the story, we see that people get convicted and they want to get out of this punishment because they know that they basically sent to die Jesus. But I like this also, this passage here, because Peter is saying, yes, this is for you. This is promises for you and your children and for all who have far off and everyone who the Lord our God called to himself. You know who is that? You and me. You and me are called to receive this. So like in Sinai, the Lord manifests in power, trying to capture the attention of those in the desert. But as we read, many of them did not make the pro- make it to the promised land. If you if you see if we go back to Exodus, when uh, when Moses received the two uh, the two tablets with a commandment, that generation didn't make it to 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 the promised land. But the next generation, these people were filled with doubt and turning back to their old behavior like before. The ideas of going back to Egypt was easier than trust in this God, but they cannot see it. They, they have seen a manifest, manifestation. And I always I, I always say, it's so hard for me when I read, when they said to Moses, please, you just go to, to the Mosinai because we are afraid. I don't want to talk to this God. I don't want to talk to this God because he's too powerful. I won't. But now, later on, now in this Pentecost, when Jesus, uh, uh, when Peter was speaking, now the Holy Spirit has descended in freedom, touching every person who were expecting them. And I believe that all these three thousand people they received the baptism of the whole, the filling of the Holy Spirit. I, I I believe that they become this new generation. They become the first fruits, the first fruit of. These I, I like I like this this uh, this picture that I put in the in the PowerPoint. He said, "Before filling with the Holy Spirit, we we our heart was following a law, 
but now with the feeling of the Holy Spirit, uh, the law is written in our heart. That is the importance of this message of this Pentecost, that now because of the Holy Spirit coming into our life, we can walk with the law inside. I don't know if it happened to you. I, I remember when I became a Christian, uh, I, I didn't know better. And I was doing, I, I, was, I will continue singing. I, I will be honest. I, I continue sleeping around, doing things that, that I should, because I didn't know better. When I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I received this new thing that helped me avoid sinning. I continue sinning, but it helped me that to avoid sinning. It's kind of this extra power who hold me back to don't sin. And every time that I have seen people, I used to work with uh, people with addiction. Every time that a person who has become a believer and has received this feeling of the Holy Spirit, these are the people that actually they can move forward and they don't come back to, the, to their bad, bad behavior. The Holy Spirit is the only way that we can live a godly life. This is not about deeds anymore. Now the law has been written in our heart. Now when I sin, I know that I'm sinning. I, and I can have this, oh, I didn't know. Is because now the law is written in the heart. And I remember, for example, I, 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 I become a Christian and I have, uh, after six months, I start doubting if I was doing the right thing uh, because I, will, I grew up in a traditional religion and, and I didn't know if I was doing right. So I start praying, 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 praying. And, and, and I said one day to God, God, tell me if I'm doing, I'm in the right place. And I believe I have a dream. In this dream, I received a gift. In this gift, there was Hebrews 11.6. If I'm not mistaken, it's 11.6. And it's, uh, without faith, it's impossible to please God. And, uh, and, the, and I wake up the following day because I don't remember ever that I have read that passage. I don't remember because I had been born again believer for six months. And this passage is without faith, it's impossible to please God. And you have to believe that he is. And, and, and that was kind of like the last, kind of like the last nail to make the bed for me that I have become a born again believer. And I start walking. God put the Holy Spirit to help us to remember verses. You know, we always encourage, I, I always encourage people to memorize verses because every time that I'm in temptation, the Holy Spirit will bring it back these verses and help me step forward from my sin. You know, as a good man, I sin, you can ask my wife, but every time that I do something that is wrong, I have somebody who come to me Holy Spirit to start touching my heart and saying, <laughs> you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't say that. That is wrong. And, and, and I like the Holy Spirit because he's persistent. 
until I don't do something about it, he will not, he won't, won't be out of my case. And at that point, I have to go back to my, my wife and say, I'm sorry, I shouldn't do that or have done that. Or I try to, 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 to fix it. The Holy Spirit was poor on Pentecost for us, for our benefit, for our benefits, for we can live in freedom. I believe that Christian born again believers are the only people who actually live in freedom. We don't have bondage anymore because the Holy Spirit, when us, cut all ties to sin. And that is what happened in the upper room. And that what happened in Pentecost. The first fruits came to pass. And now we have this point for all of us. And I'm, I'm trying to land in this plane. And uh, I, I don't know where you are in your walk with God. I don't know. Maybe this is the first time that you hear about this Holy Spirit. Actually, maybe you know who the Holy Spirit. But I want you to, I want to invite you, first of all, if you haven't received Jesus Christ, I really want you to inspect yourself. Inspect yourself if you have received Jesus Christ. Now, if you have received Jesus Christ, I want to ask you, I, I want to challenge you actually, challenge you to go to the scriptures, even go to this, this, uh, this chapter and see about the Holy Spirit is something that you're supposed to receive. People, sadly, because of bad publicity, the word Pentecost and Pentecostal and, and Pentecostal ministry, they have a bad connotation just because of the time with people. But this Pentecost, we need this Pentecost. We need this day, this special day where the Holy Spirit comes into your life. You need to receive it. And you need to ask. If you haven't received the, 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 the feeling of the Holy Spirit, I invite you and I challenge you to ask the Father. If you believe that God is your Father and He that gives good gift, said, God, I want to receive the Holy Spirit. I want to, to feel, to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm tired of my old behavior. I'm tired of myself. Lord, I want you to live in me. I really want to be crucified and you living in me every day. I want you to invite you to, I want to challenge you to believe that God wants you to feel and he will give you a gift. Maybe it will be tongues. I don't know. Maybe it will be the, 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 the gift of healing. I don't know. But the Holy Spirit, through you, he can do many things. So I really want to invite you to inspect your life. And, and if you really want to invite the Holy Spirit. Now, maybe you start speaking in tongues. And I, I remember when I, I, I came for the first time into America, my first language is Spanish. English was my second language. However, I wasn't good. The whole flight from Peru to, to America, six hours, I was praying for the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit helped me. I want to speak the language. I want to understand. And um, at least for me, that happened. Uh, and even now here that I'm in Jerusalem, I still praying for that. And um, because I'm here, I'm hearing better, I'm understanding much better. And I believe that the Holy Spirit can can use this situation and he can do it. And he can do if he can do it for me, I believe that he can do it for you, for each of you.
there in Vancouver or whatever part of the world you are. So let me finish with a prayer, asking to the Holy Spirit to come into your life. And if, for example, you have recognized that maybe you haven't even received Christ, I want you to contact the pastor, Pastor Rich or Pastor John, uh, to go a follow up with that. If you want to receive the Holy Spirit, you know, it's, it's kind of weird because every time that I have prayed for other people to receive the Holy Spirit, I have been present and I have laid hands. So now even through Zoom, I will do it by faith, believing that wherever you are, the Holy Spirit can touch you. So if you allow me, uh, let us pray and ask the Holy Spirit to come into your life, to change your life and help you. And starting now, living, starting to live a, a conquering life. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for this opportunity. Thank you, Lord, that we can understand that the, the Bible is one book. From the beginning to the end, there is a connection. There is a connection what happened in Sinai and what happened in the upper room. There is a connection. There's a connection between you giving the law and you giving the feeling of the Holy Spirit to your people. Lord, I ask you, Lord, in the name of Christ, that you can touch the life of everybody who is hearing me. Everybody who is listening to me, I ask you, Lord, in the name of Christ, that you can touch their heart and you can fill them in the name of Jesus with your Holy Spirit, Lord. Give them power. Give them power to have a, a life in abundance. Jesus said that I came here to give you a life in abundance. The only way that we can have a life in abundance is with your Holy Spirit. So Holy Spirit, I ask you, Lord, that everybody who is hearing me, listen to me, that you fill their heart, you fill their minds, and that they can start starting today walking in faith with the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Mario. Despite our technical difficulties, we're feeling the power from Jerusalem. And I really appreciated how you personalized and made so real for us the reason why God wants us to have the Holy Spirit in our life. Uh, he's not just a doctrine. He's not just something that we should mentally understand. But God specifically poured it out so that we can walk closely to him. I love the comparisons that you made between Moses and the new covenant people that God instituted through Jesus and just the feelings that they must have had in Jerusalem at that time, knowing that they were crossing over, uh, just like the Jews crossed over the Red Sea from Egypt into the promised land, ultimately. So now his people were crossing over from the Old Testament to the New Testament. They didn't have to keep reciting to themselves the law, but the law was inside of them through the power of the Holy Spirit. And it's so true. When the Holy Spirit comes on us, he breaks the addictions. He breaks the bondages. He becomes our conscious. He tenderizes our hearts. And he causes us to walk closely to him.